That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson ish um i know it's football season but we continue our coaches series uh this week with uh utsa women's basketball head coach karen aston coach how are you doing this afternoon i'm doing great how are you guys doing doing good doing good we've been wanting to wanting to talk to you because uh since last year utsa has kind of been one of the programs we've kind of had our eye on especially obviously after they hired you but also the year you guys had and then of course some off-season moves so we've been wanting to talk to you about all of that I would love that love that yeah um definitely when we went through and we obviously are keep track of all the the off-season stuff and we'll get into all that but just for you starting at UTSA last year first year um you take over a team that went to it two and 18 you know 0 and 14 in conference and you start to set the foundation, what was important to you when, you know, setting that foundation and, and starting things off the way you wanted them to? Yeah, I think once I arrived in San Antonio and really just kind of, you know, got my feet on the ground and started to get to know the players a little bit and, and get some understanding of where the program was, was really at, um, you know, you can look at records and know, you know, one thing might look as appear to be something that it's not necessarily so it was very important for me to try to look at it holistically and you know not necessarily spend so much time worrying about wins and losses the first year and um, even though you wanted them to experience some success which um, they were fortunate enough to have a few really good moments but uh, I think more than anything I wanted to try to establish a culture um, of I, I mean, just the way to do things, you know, how do championship programs handle their business every day? What does that type of culture look like? Um, it was, you know, really wonderful to be around Jeff Trailer in the football program and uh, see someone implement a culture that has been, has just taken off in our city, to be honest with you. And uh, for me, it was initially just how to, I get, how do I get these players to have a, a positive experience um, how do I get them to appreciate the work and understand that, you know, when you, when you do work, it, there's not necessarily immediate results, but if you can buy into a certain way of doing things in a culture, then you're helping build something that you might not necessarily get to reap the benefits of. And I think last year's team was a perfect example of that. I mean, there were, there was, there was such buy-in from those players. I, I don't know that I've had a more enjoyable year of coaching than I did that particular team because, I mean, they basically just 
tried everything they could to do pretty much everything the coaches asked them to do uh, without really a lot of resistance. Um, I thought, I think that they really appreciate my staff and how much they poured into them individually and collectively. So they, they really did all of that. I think understanding, you know, we might not have this miraculous turnaround there, you know, we might reap a few benefits, but we're really setting the groundwork for something that's going to happen beyond their existence here. And I, I appreciated that about those young women. Yeah. One of the things that stood out to me was typically when you take over, especially a program like UTSA that needed kind of a jolt, in my opinion, I guess looking at it from my perspective, I was like, oh, she's going to come in and bring in a lot of young players and kind of just start for things from the ground up and kind of go from there. But that's not what you did. You know, you had a lot of experience there, a lot of players, like you mentioned, who weren't necessarily going to be there long term to see maybe what you're building come to fruition. You know, what did that one, did that help with the buy in just having those players who had been through the kind of the, the, the trench of the program before you got there? And also like, what was what was kind of the mindset bringing in more a more experienced team as opposed to a team that you know probably would reap the benefits sometime down the line? Yeah, well, I wanted them to have. A, I mean, there were a lot of players on that team that either they were seniors or there were some injuries that were you know probably not. I mean, going to affect how long they played, and that was the assessment that I made when I immediately got here in late April was just where, what is the status of this current group? What do we need? Um, and I thought that more than anything, they needed to have a, a positive experience. Like I said, I mean, that you could just tell that they were craving um, cohesion. They were, they were, they were willing to work and do the work. I mean, they, they were willing to buy in, but there were certain things that they definitely needed. And one of them was, you know, just some experience at the point guard position. Um, you know, we either because of kids transferring, quitting, whatever you want to call it, like we inherited a group that that didn't necessarily have a true point. So mm -hmm. I decided to, you know, try to address that with with a couple of grad transfers, looking at it more of of let's have let's give this this team an immediate chance to be, you know, at least be competitive, you know, and have a good experience and then let's address recruiting in the future and try to go get some young kids that want to come in here and help us build. And um, we stay really true to that. I mean, we, we got a couple of grad transfers that really, um, you know, J Jaden Pimentel helped us from Lamar. Um, you know, LaPresia Johnson came in from Nevada and gave us some, just some maturity. I mean, they were older players that had played at, at division one basketball before. I mean, they, you know, LaPresia came in with an injury that, you know, we, we kind of had to nurse all year, but her maturity level and uh, just understanding of, of kind of the day-to-day -day work that you have to do was helpful. Um, so, and then we brought a couple of JUCO kids in that, um, you know, we knew we would get them for two years, but again, we were just trying to get a little more maturity uh, than to try to go get some freshmen, especially in the late signing period. I mean, you're not, you know, it, yeah. you're going to have to do something that is a little unconventional. So we had a very unconventional team mm -hmm. because we didn't have any freshmen. I've never experienced that in right. my entire years of coaching. I've never not had any freshmen, uh, which hindsight, now that I have five of them, um, was maybe a blessing. I mean, you know, it, it was a mature bunch that was able to understand what we were trying to do. And um, now that I have five, I've gone back to 
romper room and you know I've gone back to you know the reality of what a freshman feels like and how much they don't know and how much yeah. they need to learn and how young they are you know in every area um, and so for the first year I think maybe that was a little bit of a blessing. Yeah the, the main thing that stood out to us was on the defensive side of the ball um, just uh, looking through hoop her hoop stats again I mean Two years ago, the defense rating was 103. Last year, it drops down to 92, one of the best in six seasons. I mean, what was the main emphasis for you defensively? How did you get them to buy in? I know Jaden Pimentel is a, was a very mm-hmm. good defender as well. Uh, what went right on the defensive side of the ball that you're like, okay, that we can build off that? <laughs> yeah, I think it was buy-in, first of all, just playing hard, being more competitive, you know, and, and I think the other thing was just – again, the buy-in of, of trying to be a better rebounding team, you know, I, I mean, trying to value every possession, but attention to detail was, was actually very good. And again, maybe that was older players that understood, understood how valuable scouting can be, but we, we play scout defense, mm-hmm. so to say. So I think their, their, their um, willingness to study scouting reports and, and do the things that you have to do defensively um, if you're a scouting type defense, then I think that was very helpful. Um, you know, we were better on the boards. I thought they, they were way better uh, from a rebounding perspective. And, you know, we had to buy into that. I mean, we knew going into the, in, going into the season that scoring the basketball was going to be a struggle. Uh, and then it became a little bit of a bigger struggle when a couple of players got injured throughout the year. But, um, you know, it, we had to try to manufacture points somehow. So uh, we, threw in some presses and and really tried to make it as difficult as we could for teams to score. And really we were pretty darn good at it. Uh, you know, there were uh, some teams in our league that were just ta- really talented and we had trouble guarding them. But I think in the most part, it, for the most part, most of the year, we were able to stay in most games um, just because of their buy-in defensively. Sure. I think I was, I was just about to ask that, like, is that, the rebounding, because I'll just rattle off some stats for some of the listeners. Um, 13th in the nation in offensive rebounds per game, 29th in offensive rebounding rate, uh, 20th in total rebounds per game. You know, is that something that, you know, that along with defense, like there's not, obviously there are schemes and defensive schemes and defensive mm-hmm. assignments, things like that. But is yeah. that something that, as opposed to maybe designing a half court set or offensive thing, is that something easily implementable pretty early on, right? It's a lot of hustle. It's a lot of want to, it's a lot of like, if you can beat somebody on the offensive boards, you know, that's, that's literally a hustle and effort thing. Is that something that's really easy to sell to players who maybe, you know, hadn't been used to, to, to really playing that type of, you know, winning basketball? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that it's an easy sell. I mean, rebounding is hard. Sure. It's, it's, it's a job. Yeah, it, yeah. it is an absolute job, but I think uh, there's a, systematic way of, of being a good offensive rebounding team. You know, I, I do think that if teams understand ball reversal and getting to that second and third side, that you can become a better offensive rebounding team just because you're getting the defense out of position. Mm-hmm. But it still takes the commitment from three to four players to be in the right place at the right time. And I think that's what rebounding is. Um, I think it's kind of like defense. I mean, you know, people talk all the time about how hard you have to play but you also have to play very smart to be a good mm-hmm. defender. You can't, it's not all effort. Uh, it's angles. It's understanding, you know, game plans and schemes. Uh, it's being able to think cerebrally. And I think, uh, I think 
rebounding is, is a little bit in that same category. I mean, you have to understand the timing. You have to pay attention to when a ball is shot. You have to know an angle to get into the proper rebounding position. And then you have to be committed to, to that. And great, great players, I think, understand that, especially post players, if they can, I mean, they like to score. I mean, everybody likes yeah. to score. That's the name of the game. And I think if, if, I think if you look at great players, they tend to get six, eight points a game in particular, if they're post players off of offensive boards. And I think if you can get them to understand how the college game is played, it's a possession game, um, much different, obviously than high school, unless you're into the playoffs. Um, you know, if you can get them to understand that every, every possession matters and if you can have more possessions than your opponent, uh, then you have a chance to win. Um, then I think their buy-in becomes a little bit, a little bit clearer and a little bit easier. Yeah, that's definitely a, um, a good way to encourage players to just dangle the carrot of scoring. Uh, in oh, front yeah. Of them. yeah, they all love like, that. <laughs> yeah, just, just grab it and put it back in the rim. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you took took over and throughout this first season maybe was there another coach or another couple coaches that you called on uh to maybe talk to them or that helped you uh just gave you some advice to get through the first year in in a rebuild like this um i mean i've i've had those first years it wasn't my first year as a head coach so i think i understand the you know the dynamics of what a first year feels like I did not know that when I was at Charlotte that was my first head job and that was the best learning experience for me because I mean I'm I don't know that this is right or wrong Um, you know I but I went in there with um, pretty hell-bent on this is the way it's going to be and this is who I am and you know I think maybe that was just first year guns blazing but you know I learned some lessons from that It, it is a difficult transition for teams when their coaches leave, regardless of whether they wanted them to leave or not. And it's still change. And there's feelings that kids go through when they have a new coach and they didn't come there to play for that coach. Um, They weren't recruited by that coach. And so I think that I have a little more empathy for the players than I used to. And, you know, just starting a new staff. I mean, to be honest with you that when I took this job, there were so many non-negotiables for me. And one of them was just who I was going to surround these young people with. Like I, I handpicked the staff. Uh, I knew that they cared about pouring into individuals and you know, that I made it clear every day that we had staff meetings, that our responsibility was to try to help these, these young guys have a, have a good experience. And, you know, it, it helps in recruiting. I mean, obviously if your kids are happy and they're bought in then you're, you know, recruiting is going to go better, but, I think it also, even just the year that I took off uh, in between this job and the Texas job helped me, you know, reassess some things, you know, have some clarity on why we're supposed to be doing this and, you know, what's supposed to be in the forefront of it. And, you know, it was, it was easy to take this job because a, the athletic director's commitment to, to the vision, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and me taking it, understanding that it wasn't going to be a quick fix, you know, like we weren't going to, I mean, there was, there's some work to be done in, in a lot of areas here and it's not, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, as much as I would love for it to, this is going to be a, a, a process because it is, it is a huge rebuild. And, and I don't mean that just from a player perspective. I mean, you know, there's mindset in the community to get the community involved and, and um, recruiting obviously is, is a big, 
a big factor in that, but also we've got it, you know, we're working on upgrading facilities, which will help in recruiting and make the experience better for the student athletes. Um, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done here and I understand that. So I'm not trying to like force it to happen mm. in five seconds. Sure. I think uh, kind of on that line, you mentioned the community before we kind of go into specifics of the, the players and the additions you've made is kind of, Similarly to how football, you mentioned Jeff Trailer and, and kind of how football is recruited and, and done, is kind of like roping off in a way San Antonio kind of a emphasis for you because you notice Alexis Parker, Sidney Love, Kyra White, right, players who may have gotten away originally or you got them right out of high school like Alexis Parker, but somebody like mm -hmm. uh, Kyra White who got away at first and then you're bringing them back. Is that something that you think you can and you kind of intend to do in a way, obviously basketball, you don't have the numbers to necessarily make them all San Antonio players, but regardless, like at least having a foundation and like a pipeline of like, if you're from San Antonio, you're looking at UTSA first. Yeah. Kind of is an understatement for me Yeah. Um, to say that I'm kind of focusing on that. I mean, that sure. is, that is absolutely uh, number one on my list. My priority mm -hmm. list is to, infiltrate as many San Antonio players that we can and make and make this program San Antonio's team. Um, you know, Jeff Trailer gave us the blueprint as far as um, involving local kids. And, and like you said, I mean, you know, recruit as many as you can out of high school that can help your team get better and and pay attention to the portal. And, um, you know, Kira White is a perfect example of someone that had a great experience at USC, got a, got a degree from a great university, but wanted to come back here and, and you know, get a graduate degree here and, and give back to the community and let people come see her play that haven't been able to do that in a while. Um, you know, Sid Love was, was um, and Lex Parker were great additions for us just because they were well thought of kids from tremendous high school programs and you know, one thing that, that I've been recruiting long enough, guys, that I can remember a time when there were very few high school players that were being recruited in, in the San Antonio area. Mm -hmm. And if you look at what's happened, um, I mean, I think it was jump-started by a couple of things. I think the Silver Stars had a lot to do with young girls mm. uh, being able to look at someone and say, okay, like, I can do that, you know? And I, I hate it that the Silver Stars aren't here anymore because I think they gave young girls a vision of what it what it looked like uh, to be a pro and, you know, gave them something to, to strive for and, and dream about. And, and I think the grassroots movement along with, with the high school coaching that I think has always been there, but I think the grassroots movement um, here in the city completely changed the dynamic of how many little girls were playing basketball. Sure. I mean, if you go to a tournament now, it's, it's crazy. I just can't yeah. get over how many little girls are playing the sport. And um, we're just, we're fooling ourselves if we don't think we can build this program with local kids. I, I'm, I'm convinced that we can, and I think we're off to a great start. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've told Ish about this in the past, but on, on the, on the boys side, it's not as strong of, of a city. I mean, I'm, I'm from San Antonio, but um mm -hmm. It's not as strong, but on the girls' side, Steel, Judson, you go down the list of, of teams that are perennially one of the best in the state. Um, mm -hmm. That's always really interesting to me, and to see UTSA kind of shift that way is interesting. We mentioned Kira White. 
Um, we started looking at this year's roster. Um, the other uh, USC addition, Jordan Jenkins, was one mm-hmm. that really obviously caught our attention and um, is a huge addition uh, for those who don't know, six foot forward, um, averaged 15 and seven last year on 52% shooting at USC. Uh, what went into getting Jordan <laughs> Jenkins to UTSA? Uh, just if you could walk us through that whole process. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, sometimes it's just, this is where someone's meant to be. And, you know, it's, it, I could make it some kind of crazy story or whatever, but to be honest with you, I, you know, I, we had been talking to Kira, um, a little bit, you know, once she went into the portal and knew, we knew that she was going to be a grad transfer, we were communicating with her and then Jordan, uh, went into the portal and I had recruited Jordan out of high school at Texas and had a, a I, I don't even know that you would call it a relationship, but definitely a previous uh, connection uh, at, with her. And when I saw her in the portal, I mean, we knew that we were, we were needing to try to find uh, an extra addition in the post um, out of, out of the portal. We knew that we needed to, kind of boost our numbers in that because we had some injuries at that position that were kind of not ironing themselves out at the time. So we knew that we needed to look for something. And I thought, you know, what the heck, <laughs> I'm just going to pick up the phone and call her. Um, and I called her and she was great. And she remembered, you know, that we had talked and that I'd been out to see her in Seattle and, um, you know, just had some conversation. And she said, you know, she knew that we had been talking to Kara. So fast forward a little bit, not to not to drag it out too much. Mm-hmm. Um, we started talking and I think, you know, Kira made the decision to come here um, pretty quickly. I think she knew that this was kind of where she wanted to come back to. And um, I think Jordan was looking for some type of different experience than what she had had there. And And sometimes that happens when you have multiple coaching changes and all of that. And um, she had a good relationship with Kira's, you know, good teammate, trusting teammate, all of that, and came on a visit and just decided this is where she wanted to be. And, you know, she's, she's, um, she's extremely talented. I mean, I knew that when she was coming out of high school, but she's really, she has improved, obviously, as you would expect someone to playing in the Pac-12. I mean, she's improved dramatically from when I saw her in high school and um, has some really, really special talents. Um, I'd, I'd love to see her, her stay here the years that she's got left and she will have a, a very lasting impact on this program. Needless to say. Yeah. I was looking at the, uh, taking a look at the schedule. I hadn't looked at your guys schedule real quick. Uh, that's a, that's a quite, that's quite a non-conference schedule. Uh, SFA, TCU, ACU, um, of course, Texas state, Houston, like it's, it's a lot of, uh, especially in that early part, you know, SFA, TCU, um, mm-hmm. uh, ACU, like that early run, like, you know, obviously the goal is to win, the goal is to get better every single game. But like, you know, as he mentioned, it is a long-term build mm-hmm. for this program. You know, what are the expect? what are kind of your, not expectations, but goals for this year, especially coming off, you know, Conference USA is not getting any easier either, either. Um, mm-hmm. and then you guys go to the AAC eventually next year. So like, you know, what is kind of the, the slow burn process heading into this year? Yeah. You just want to build on, on, to be honest with you, kind of how we ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first conference tournament win in a while. 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if you could have seen the looks on those kids' faces when they won that conference tournament game, uh, it, it was pretty priceless for me as a coach. And so I think the ones that are returning got a little bit, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a tiny little taste of success, but when you have that, then you, you have a better grasp of what it's going to take. Um, because for most of them, you know, they were in the COVID year in the tournament mm-hmm. and, or didn't get to go. You know, so so that was a different experience for them to get to hang around for another day and uh, get a, a little bit of a taste of that. And, and there were so many conference games, really, that we were in, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, yeah. it, it some that we should have very realistically won and just didn't finish the job at the very end. But alluding to the non-conference schedule, I mean, that's just kind of a coaching philosophy of mine. I mean, we do have some return games that we can't get around sure. that were contractually, but those are ones to be honest with you that are with Texas state UIW that we will always try to play. Um, they're competitive games that I think uh, are good for local fans. So we'll always try to try to make sure we play those. Uh, Stephen F is really good. I mean, we got pounded last year by them and uh, they're, they're a very, very competitive program that has, you know, kind of turned the corner in their build. Uh, he's done a great job, and I think that'll be a real challenge for us. But I do think that playing non-conference schedules that are appealing to the young people in particular. I mean, we're going to Vegas and playing two really, really good teams. But I think doing those things are, you know, playing competitive games, going to Houston, going on the road, playing a team that's about to enter the Big 12. I think those are games that the players really want to play in. They don't want to play in games that, you know, we, I mean, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but they don't want to play a division two school. They want to play schools that are going to challenge them and, you know, kind of let them see who they are and what they need to work on. And um, I've always been a big fan of, of playing competitive non-cons. And, you know, I mean, again, some of the, some of the games I couldn't avoid, but I'm going to always try to do that. I mean, I just think that's, that's what the players enjoy. And, um, it, it, it's got to get you ready for conference play. I mean, you have to be ready to be mentally and physically tough if you're going to get through the rigors of, co- of any conference play. Yeah. All right. Ish, you have anything else? Uh, no, that's it. That's basically it. Um, UTSA is one of the teams I'm very much looking forward to because as we, we talked about it last year, we weren't expecting the overnight turnaround, but we were looking for those little like tangible things that we can grab onto to say like, okay, here's something that's working. And as yeah. we mentioned with the defense and the rebounding, like that was working. And now you got, now you have, you know, if all things go well, a team that will roll over into next year, uh, into the year after and like some build off of something. So I'm very much looking forward to your second year. Um, I was a fan of the hire when they made it. Obviously you're familiar with the area. You've had success at this level before. Um, so I've been, yeah, I don't know. This has been one of my most intriguing teams recently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. I mean, we yeah. would love to, you know, get on here anytime. I mean, I, you know, got coaches, players that we need to um, let let the public know who they are. And next sure. time, if you want to get one of the, a couple of the players on, I'd love to do that. I mean, I'd love for the community to get to know our guys better and uh, give them a chance to um, – you know, kind of like you said, I mean, I think women's basketball is very unique in that fans want to know the kids. It's a little different than men's basketball. I think they they develop personal connections with players. And that's um, that's really how I've, I've uh, always been able to develop community support. So I, I would love to try to try to get that going. Yeah, sure. for sure. Well, uh, last question, Coach. Uh, better better food, Austin or, or San Antonio? 
<laughs> trying to get her in trouble. The, no, here's what I'm gonna, no, here's Go what I'm going to say about that. It's a lot better here because you can actually get to the restaurants at a reasonable time and not sit in your car the whole entire and the whole entire trip so Fair. Um, you avoided stuff in austin just because you didn't want to sit in the traffic and here i can i can get anywhere i want to get in 20 minutes it's a miracle it's I love that's it. a good point there's more than one highway in san antonio so absolutely absolutely <laughs> love it all right coach uh we thank you for joining us for those uh watching on youtube uh Feel free to like, su share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Listening, if you're listening on a podcast, leave us a five-star rating review. We appreciate all the support. Um, coach, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thank you all. Birds up.